Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Hi, this is Bree Gowan from Savor the Essence of Life at BreeGowan.com. And you are listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. Today's topic is scheduling today's family life. Listeners, when we look at the world around us and it seems as though things are out of control, I believe there's hope. I believe there are answers. And mostly, I believe it starts with faith in Jesus Christ. And then it moves on to how we act towards each other. But it starts with you and me and who we are in our own homes. How do we act? How do we treat our children, our spouse, our neighbors? What's our relationship like with God? Over the past month, we've watched the survivors of the horrible Hurricane Harvey. What amazes me each time there is some horrific disaster in America, I know we just recently had another Hurricane Irma, is that no matter what color, race, or creed, people reach out and they help one another. On and on, the news reports come in of people who are working diligently to band together to rescue people from their homes, rescue moms and dads from the roofs of their homes, and rescue animals. I watched examples of police officers lifting, carrying, hugging, and encouraging strangers. I watched strangers reaching out to bring clothes, food, shelter to those in need, and I watched little kitties, dogs, cows, and horses all being rescued as people fought dangerous currents to help their neighbors. People were looking outwards. People were focused on each other. I never once saw a photo of someone on their cell phone. I didn't see people ignoring their neighbors' cry for help or need. I did see people reaching out and working with one purpose in mind, salvation. I saw people supporting people. In today's society, we are doing so much more with technology. We can reach loved ones in Brazil, FaceTime with relatives in Ireland, and Skype with sisters across the United States. We can be on a business trip and watch our children at soccer practice. Technology has made things possible that seem impossible. Yet with all of those good things, there are downfalls, and I'm a firm believer that too much technology limits our ability to spend authentic, real time with one another. I think about my granddaughter. She's just a little over three, and she knows more about my iPhone than I do. At times, she'd rather watch a cartoon or Paw Patrol on YouTube than play in real life with me on the swing set. My two grandsons got their own computer tablets at age seven and two and a half. Wow. When Dean and I go out for dinner, we continually see teenagers texting while mom and dad are surfing the web, checking emails, and texting their friends and coworkers. Families are no longer spending time in the real zone with the real people in front of them. How did this happen? And a better question is, what can we do about it? Back in the 1970s, I talk about it a lot. I'm taking you back again today. When I was growing up, the days were easy breezy and set into a rhythm. Dad was a college professor and mom a stay-at-home mom. My siblings and I woke up to good homemade breakfasts of French toast and bacon or malto meal. We had lunches packed with homemade bread and peanut butter, apple slices, and potato chips. We bought our milk carton at school for five cents. We went to school, studied, worked hard, and came home to play outside after school. The neighborhood kids would create teams and play baseball or sometimes some elaborate game of red light, green light. When it was getting near supper time, we went in. Suppers were a time where the entire family sat at our big green table. Mom made delicious roast beef with carrots, onions, and veggies from our garden. Daddy asked us what we were learning, and my siblings and I discussed problems, 
successes, and ideas. We did our homework, watched TV, read or played board games, and went to bed by 9. We were up again at 7 and life started all over. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night were church nights. We talked about God every day, prayed together, and our family's home was a place of safety. It was our sanctuary. I remember as a child coming home and having mom ask, how was your day? One of us would whine and whimper. It was awful, and she'd say in response, well, you're home now. My parents scheduled things. They scheduled work, play, good food together, talking about God, church, and at times extra things like piano, basketball, honor society. Things have changed significantly. Families are not together as often as they're chasing after things in different directions, keeping busy, always on the go. But what's happening to our kids and what's happening to the life of families? So listeners, joining me today is author and blogger of the fabulous blog, BrieGowan.com, and that's spelled B-R-I-E-G-O-W-E-N. And this blog carries the catchphrase, savor the essence of life. I love that. Bree is married and the mom of three young kiddos. She's a registered nurse in a rural hospital in Mississippi. But for our listeners, she is a mommy who gets the busyness and chaotic spinning of that merry-go-round of life. She just gets it, you guys. She understands what it's like. And so we're wanting to talk to her today, and we're so blessed for her thoughts and insights. So welcome to the show, Bree. Thank you. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. So, Bree, you recently had a blog on BrieGowan.com entitled, Is Satan Stealing Our Families? And in this blog, I'm going to read what you said. You said, God favors families. He favors love, time together, and focus on cultivating those relationships. What I see today is in direct opposition of that, yet those things have developed slowly over time, so much so that we don't even notice them deteriorating the fabric of family, end of quote. So, Bree, tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in the lifestyle of families that's slowly developing and aiding in the deterioration, as you say, of a healthy family relationship. Uh, Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I I see a lot of things, but I think um, most of what I see are things that are just keeping us so busy that we can't even focus on quality time with our family. Um, our priorities, they, you know, they get a little misguided. Um, so we think that activities are good because society tells us they are. And, you know, for the most part, that's true until it's not true, right? Um, so, you know, I was thinking of this example. My daughter um, wanted to play softball, and it was her idea. Uh, she came up with it. She's six years old. And she seemed really eager, so her dad and and I agreed to that. But I also explained to her that she would have to pick. You know, if you want to do softball, you can do gymnastics, that sort of thing. Um, I I didn't want to overwhelm her, and I didn't want to overwhelm me. Because I found that when you're you're so busy and you're rushing back and forth um, to all these commitments you have, you know, you've got doctor's appointments, you throw in you know, ball games, practice, That's right. um, different little events you do mm-hmm. five days a week, and you've already got a full day of school, you, yeah. so you're missing dinner together, conversations, and, and simply quiet time with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, you know, tempers can be short when you're rushed, and, and then you don't get to pay attention to uh, important, subtle clues of, of problems that may, may be going on with your kids. You know, and I use the the softball as an example. I'm not trying to 
say sports or evil or anything like that. Sure, you know, it's not sure. about sports. It's it's really about anything that consumes your time and your energy. Um, we're we're enjoying the softball right now, but if it ever becomes something that I feel like uh, is more than we can handle and it's having a, a negative impact on our family, then you know we wouldn't have a problem letting it go. Um, it all comes down to priorities, whether that's mm-hmm. extracurricular activities or whatever. It's um, it's actually one of the reasons my family we choose to to homeschool because we we're of the opinion that that kids. Um, lately spend a little bit too much time in the classroom and then they come home after an eight hour day and spend all night doing homework. So then if you've got ball games all Saturday or cheer competition or whatever, you know, what does that leave you? It leaves you with one day a week Mm -hmm. um, to train up your child the way they should go. And I just, we feel like we need more time than that. Um, One of of the problems is the the village is doing too much of the raising of children and, Mm -hmm. and, um, over time, we've we've handed over that responsibility to other people to mold our, our kids, and we need to take that time back. I think that's so true, and I think a lot of times um, it's just worked against us because we are tired, don't you think? Because we're doing so many things, parents are tired, and so to, oh, hand, you, to hand your kid definitely. over to something else, to a video game, to you know, anything, another activity so that you don't have to parent them or spend time with them because you're tired— is, uh, you know, one of, I believe, the biggest problems as well. How do you see parents falling into this trap of chasing the dream, as we're talking about, and what kind of an impact is that making on our children, according to you? You know, I I think a lot of times we think that our kids are the ones that um, need these name brands, and uh, we get the larger homes with the larger mortgage, for our, for our children, and you know they they don't care about that stuff. They're not born caring about those materialistic things. We actually teach them that that's important, and um, I I know it makes it makes us feel good to buy things for our kids. So, you know, I get it. And I you know I totally do that too. But what we forget in that is that the time together is is what's most important. Love is most important. The sacrifice that that you make maybe financial sacrifices to allow for time is important. Um, it's, you know, true happiness isn't based on if you can buy your kids a brand new car, they want you to teach them to drive. Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, so many times we just like, as parents, we're like hustling and, you know, thinking, Oh, if I can get this next promotion at work, you know, just get to that next uh, level, you know, everything, everything will be fine and, and we'll be back. We'll be better off after that. But it, it ends up never being enough and you just get in this vicious cycle and you keep pushing for this higher level of joy and peace and, you know, where you feel satisfied in life. And, and, you know, what I have found is that you really can't find that joy and peace except with um, a relationship with Jesus. That's right. So that yeah. goes back to, to parenting. Our main goal as parents isn't to provide financially for our children. It's actually to lead them to a closer walk with Jesus as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And how would you describe quality time with your children, Bree, to our listeners? Well, you know, uh, quality time, it's really easy when, when they're little. Um, if you if you'll just listen to the cues of your kids, they'll come up and say, "Hold me, play with me," and you just make the decision. Well, that's what's most important. You put your phone down and, and you play princess, you know. And 
And again, back to the financial quality time doesn't cost a dime. That's you don't right. you yeah. don't need to go to Disneyland or you know go to this park or that uh, you know go shopping those sorts of things. Uh, time together is fun and free. You can just it go is. for a walk and yeah. and feed the ducks or you know whatever. Um, when they get older is when it gets a little harder. I I actually have a 14-year-old stepdaughter, and, um, you know, recently she came home, and she walked in the house, and she walked back to her room, never said a word, didn't say, you know, hi, how are you doing? And so I thought there, I sat there, and I waited for a little bit, you know, and she didn't come out to enthusiastically greet me or anything. She just stayed in her room, and, and I was a little hurt at first, um, that was my my first thought, but then as I kind of quieted my heart, I felt like, you know, the Lord whispered to me, and he said, you know, she's sitting back there right now, and she's thinking, she hasn't come back here to tell me hello, to ask me about my day. Sure. And so I think that uh, as, your, as your children get older, especially the, the difficult teen years, it becomes really important to pray for, for wisdom and to really listen to the Lord's guidance um, on on when your child needs that quality time and, and when you need to to take a stand to, to make the time with them. Um, the other night she was she was in her room again, you know, and I just I just felt this urging. I was cooking dinner and I felt this urging. I said I need to bring her out here. She doesn't know how to make fried chicken. Let me get her out here and show her how to make fried chicken. And, and we had the best time. That's it didn't cost great. a dime, and so we really enjoyed ourselves. And and I felt you know the the Lord was really the one that whispered to my heart sure. to bring her out there. Quality time is is all around us. It's it's there when you're just cooking some chicken for dinner. You just mm-hmm. got to take advantage of it. Bree, do you believe that there are issues in society, as we're talking about trouble in school, that are wrecking havoc due to parents not being present in their children's lives? And what kind of an impact do you see happening? You know, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier in something you said about how we're so tired mm-hmm. as parents in this vicious cycle where we you know, let uh, technology entertain them. And uh, one of the huge issues that I see, I think, is social media. Um, it's it's had a just a very negative impact on, on teens especially. Um, I don't think that they're mature enough and wise enough to, to handle social networks. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say you think it, and then you say it, and then you share it with thousands of people. I mean, I, I think back on myself at at 13 years old, 16 years old, and there's no way uh, I could have handled that kind of responsibility. Um, we're we're just kind of giving them their their devices and letting them just fend for themselves. Right, um, right. We're so busy at work and doing our own things that that we're letting them be raised by the celebrities they're following on Instagram. Yep. Yep. Or, um, you know, the examples that they're getting from the tween sitcoms, uh, which are horrible. And for people of Christian faith, Brie, we believe that we have an enemy. You refer to that enemy, Satan, as someone who doesn't want healthy, productive marriages or families. What are some of the things that you see happening today that lead you to believe this? Uh, So much. If if you look around, you see uh, the breakdown of marriages, you see adultery, uh, you see abuse, you see alcoholism, addiction in all forms, pornography, 
but mostly what what I think it all stems down to and, and the main thing that you have to look at is that families are not placing Christ as the center of their family unit. And uh, until families can do that, families will be failing. And if they're not, if by chance they are able to survive, it's a painful, miserable existence for them. Um, Satan's goal is to destroy us. The, the Bible says that that's so. Mm-hmm. And our, our job is to see where, where he's trying to attack us and to not let him get a foothold in our families. That's right. So friends, um, what Bree is referring to is the scripture, John 10, 10. And the first part of that verse says that the thief, which is Satan, comes to steal and destroy. The second part of the verse says, but Jesus comes to bring us abundant life, full and abundant life. And so um, that's what we're looking for. Now, if you're a family out there and you're thinking, yeah, we don't really have time. We're busy at soccer on Sunday mornings. We don't have time to take our kids you need to make time. There are plenty of churches out there that are Bible-believing and that are on Saturday nights, so you can figure it out. But I agree wholeheartedly. When we put God back into the center of things, everything in life, things are going to be better. So, Bree, um, we're going to take a minute and listen to this fabulous song, and when we come back with Bree, we're going to finish up.
agree. Lastly, can you give us three steps? I like steps. That helps me to think. Can you give us three steps that will foster quality time with our kids? Definitely. You know, um, I'm, I'm not going to give you three specific things that you can do to, to foster quality time with your kids. Uh, I want you to, to figure that out. Um, but I'm going to tell you three steps that you have to take to be able to uh, to be able to even start this process. Sounds great. I think first and foremost, number one, you have to read God's word. You got to get into the Bible and read the scriptures because those are your blueprint for life and how to raise your family. That's right. Um, the the more you do that, you'll find that that you're able to apply it to your life. And things will go a lot smoother for you. Um, number two, I think you as an individual a parent have to uh, work on and develop a closer relationship with Jesus for yourself. Um, as you can draw closer to the Lord and um, also closer to your spouse, um, then you'll find that you're both growing closer to your children. Um, thirdly, Pray. (laughs) Just pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray continuously. Uh, Pray for wisdom. Pray for guidance. Pray for the specific steps you need to take uh, with each child uh, to to not only have a good relationship with them yourself, but also to lead them closer to the Lord. Those are great steps, Bree. Thanks so much for being on the show and just encouraging us with some really great thoughts from a really fabulous person. I love your writing. So listeners, if you want to check out and um, get subscribed to Bree's fabulous blog, it's Bree, B-R-I-E, Gowen, G-O-W-E-N.com. And you can hear more from her at that site. Thanks so much, Bree, for being on the show today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Friends, here's someone who knows about the busyness of life because she's a pastor and leader of a church in the Twin Cities. Pastor Rachel Warner is here to talk some more from the vantage point of being a pastor, a mommy, and a wife. Hi, friends. This is Pastor Rachel, and today I want to talk to you about making time for family. But let me be the first to admit that my life is not perfect. Right now, in my house, there are piles of laundry waiting to be put away, a dishwasher that needs to be unloaded and reloaded. I left work this afternoon with several important tasks unfinished, and I still got home later than I had planned to. And the world, well, the world is enmeshed in so many struggles, I can't fathom how to make even a small difference, let alone a big one. Oh, and my kids almost missed the bus today, and I'm not sure if they were wearing shoes. It's so easy to feel overwhelmed, under-accomplished, and completely inadequate. So I focus on the words of Jesus. Where else would I turn for a reminder of what matters most? When someone came to Jesus and asked Him what's most important amid all the rituals and rules and expectations of the day, Jesus responded with simplicity and clarity. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So I take a deep breath. I can do this. I can love God. That part's easy. And I'm learning to love myself as a beloved child of God, made in God's own image. Not as a perfect wife, mom, pastor, or world citizen, just as my real self with my smudged mascara and my missing car keys. 
and loving others? Well, recently, a mentor, Reverend Michael Slaughter, reminded me to start with those closest to my heart and work outward from there. Love, the way Jesus talks about it, is more about actions than feelings, more about how we treat people than whether or not they make us feel warm and fuzzy inside. And we learn how to love others, friends, strangers, and even enemies when we practice love in action with those closest to our hearts every single day. So in my imperfect little family, we work really hard to practice loving each other in action every day. Right in the middle of our busyness and our annoyances and our arguments and our mess. Because when each one of us leaves home to go to work and school and play, we encounter a whole lot of others who need to be loved. So when all else around us is falling apart, and when the list of things to do and the expectations to meet just keeps getting longer and longer and more and more impossible, and the problems of the world are so insurmountable, we focus on love. Love God, love each other. We may disappoint someone occasionally because we turn down an invitation so that we can have family time together. That happens. And sometimes I have to decline working on a project at work that I'd really enjoy because family comes first and I can't add one more commitment. But if we can't love each other well as our first priority, there's little hope for us to love the world well. So we put in the effort and we make the commitment. If we can't be faithful to one another and choose Our priorities wisely, how will we be faithful to the priorities Jesus has called us to in loving God and loving others? So practically, for my family, it looks like this. We block out time each week for our family, at least three evenings for family dinners and devotions uninterrupted by work or television or activities. We invest in special time together like road trips, theater outings, or even just special meals on special days, and we make a celebration out of everything that could possibly be celebrated. We practice forgiveness, even when we make each other really angry. We pray together, we don't give up on each other, and we face our challenges as a team, sometimes a team wearing dirty socks. (laughs) Some days we get it right, and other days we fail, but we start each day in prayer and with the goal of keeping the main thing the main thing. Love God, love others, and let the rest find an appropriate place in line. Listeners, here's Roger from Good News Bookstore out of Wilmer, Minnesota. Hi, Kathy. What a timely topic for parenting today. There are a couple books that I would like to share with your listeners. The first one is titled Daughters in Danger by Elaine Bennett. The author is founder of Best Friends Foundation, and she's an avid spokeswoman on issues of adolescent behavior and development. She encourages us to push back against a culture that devalues our daughters and seeks to destroy their hearts. The critical role that the home and parents have is shown, and then practical steps are given to help us all in seeing beyond the brokenness of society to come to solid solutions. Bennett issues not just a wake-up call, but also a ray of hope along these lines. Then Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend authored this next book, Boundaries with Kids, subtitled, How Healthy Choices Grow Healthy Children. The authors have organized their book into three sections. First, they show why kids need boundaries and the importance of helping children learn to take responsibility. The second part has 
10 laws of boundaries, and then the third part is how do you implement those boundaries specifically and practically with your child. And then there's a just-released title, so appropriate for today. It's called Calm, Cool, and Connected. This is just a small book by Arlene Pellicane. She gives us five digital habits for a more balanced life. She introduces a few simple habits that will transform our relationship with technology and help us to enjoy more time with God and others. Kathy, thanks for having me on today. I trust these books will be a great help to all those that are listening. Friends, let's remember to keep our priorities straight. God, our family, one another. I love what Pastor Rachel said about loving God and loving others. Let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, in this overwhelming, busy world, help us to be the sanctuary for our children, to provide a place of safety, of comfort, a place that talks about the good things of God. Help us to show our children love and invest in them in the here and now. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes and please give us a favorable review so that other people can listen to the show and enjoy it as well. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.